Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's BudPod135. One, three, five. Uh, a bum pee life. It's a bum pee life. That's like a bum bum it's life. It's a bum pee life. Yeah. It's a bumpy life. Um, it is a bumpy life. Quite literally in my case, actually. You, you've had a bumpy life, haven't you, Phil, recently? Yes, this past week I've had a bumpy life. I've, I've had a fall. I've, <laughs> <laughs> I've had a fall. It's like, time to move Phil into a home. He's had a fall. Yeah, I had a fall and broke said fall with my right arm, which has, has you know, it's given me a lovely little crack in my elbow. So my arm's all swollen. I've got um, I've got a bag of ice here, so that might be the you might be hearing that pod buds. Um, that's ice. I'm not I'm not um, taking you through my my, my my wheat fields. I'm not taking you on, on tour of my corn. Just I don't know if that's crunching like that. your bones. Um, yeah, and so I'm just trying to ice I'm gonna ice my bones while I while I speak to Pierre and the nation. Yeah, well, this is it, and and uh, you've an elbow crack sounds awful, <laughs> Phil. Yeah, it's not pleasant. It's not. I wouldn't recommend it, but it could have been a lot worse. And I've never, I've never broken or even fractured anything in my life before. So this is my first. Have you not? No, I might. I might have done me a, a bit of damage on a rib once. I was doing um, a sketch with Daphne with George and Jason. And there's a bit oh, yeah. where I get killed. I get shot in the back of the head, execu- execution style. And oh, yeah. I love that bit. I love it. I'm dressed as a bee and um, George is a wasp, for context. <laughs> and George yeah. the wasp shoots me in the back of the head and I collapse forward. And I love doing this bit because I just love being all dramatic and dying dramatically. And, yeah. uh, and I landed face first flat on my ribs. And when I hit the ground in the theater, I just felt... And heard a little squeak like that. Ooh. Yeah, in my ribs. And but I was had to lie there dead. So I just, uh, oh, I just made a little face to myself, oh, like that with my, <laughs> with my lips in an O shape, oh, like that. And I just had to lie there and dead and pretend it was all fine. And for weeks that thing hurt, man. I had to take painkillers. I had to, yeah, it was not good. But but yeah, aside that from that, like a... aside from that, it's just this arm now. I've had a little squeak, a little crack. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, you've had a fall in the season of fall. Maybe that's why it's called fall. Ah, it's a slippy season. Slippery leaves rotting on the pavement. I like. I know it's an Americanism, but I like. I like the word fall for autumn. It's pleasant. The fall. It's the romantic. Fall. Autumn. Autumn just is a bit severe. It's a bit cold. Autumn. Well, autumn is, is from Latin and uh, fall is kind of Anglo-Saxon. Is it not literally just from falling leaves or is that a, a, 
is that a connection I we people have made after the fact? It might be in terms of its etymology. Let me look it up. Fall etymology. I think it's like, um, yeah, fa- fallen. Oh, um, hang on. Hmm. I fallen. Yeah, I use. I still use that word now. I fallen. The leaves, the leaves are fallen. What was our Scandinavian author from last year? Last year, last week. <laughs> oh, Molden, Molden Salt. Molden Salt, yeah. Molden Salt's yeah. newest thriller, the the fallen, the fallen blood. <laughs> oh, here we go. Se- uh, the sense of using uh, fall to mean autumn is attested around, certainly by the 1660s in England, as a shortening of the Middle English, fall of the leaf. Ah, there you go. Uh, along with autumn, it mostly replaced the older name harvest, as the name began to be associated strictly with the act of harvesting, compared ah. spring, which apparently began as the spring of the leaf. Oh, season words. So it used Season words. Is it one of those words like candy that's actually a very old English word that is now an American word? Yes, and, and faucet as well. Oh. For that, yeah. And twerking, yes, yes. of course. Mm? And twerking. And twerking, yes, from the, uh, from the Middle English twerker. <laughs> which means... Um, <laughs> The way your the way your buttocks shake when you're afraid of a baron. <laughs> that, that's right. Yeah. That's where it's from. Yeah. The baron or the or the earl would ride past on his horse and ever all the peasants would twerk with fear. <laughs> and if you weren't twerking he would uh, he would chop off your bum. He would <laughs> If you won't twerk for your lord, perhaps you don't deserve thine buttocks, he'd say. Yeah, he would de- he would deacetate you. He'd take you to the butt stocks and put your butt in a guillotine and chop it off. Yes, like two hams. <laughs> he w- <laughs> if you didn't twerk with fear, he'd stop his horse and his squire would lift your chin up with the end of his staff. <laughs> and he'd say, look me in the eyes, boy. Why, why, why dost thou not twerk for thine lord? <laughs> and if you had a good enough answer, he might hire you. You know. Right, right. Because you're showing character, and he'd think, you know, you're too, thy, thou are too bold to toil in the field. Yeah. Come. If you're like, I do not twerk because the levy on wheat is most unjust, my lord, and he'd go. <laughs> Hmm. It takes courage not to twerk when the king approaches, but it takes smarts to know when the king is wrong. Come, <laughs> and you and get on get on your feet. Come, you get in the wagon. Yeah, yeah. He'd say, uh, "We twerk only for the Lord our God, sire." He wouldn't say smarts. He'd say wisdom. Yeah, there's, um, <laughs> yeah. He's a god. He's a god twerking man. He's a. <laughs> he is a good, god twerking man. <laughs> that's that's in the um that Johnny Cash song when the man comes around. Yeah. And you'll all twerk before his throne. 
It's all in the Bible. It's all about what, what, what we'll all do when Judgment Day comes. Hear the trumpets, hear the pipers. One hundred million angels twerking. <laughs> twerking to the sound of that big kettle bum. Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh. Man, oh, man. Well, I mean, it's been quite the week for accidents, Pierre. Um, mm. uh, 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 yeah, I mean, uh, everyone's seen the news. And, oh, well, someone was killed on the set of Alan Baldwin, Alec Baldwin's movie. Yeah, um, and apparently, I just saw today, the guy who said the gun was unloaded was kicked off a production in 2019 for some other fuck-up involving a gun. There's a guy, I thought it was a lady who was their armorer, because they, they have a props master and they also have an armorer who specifically looks after the guns. Yeah, she was the armorer, but apparently it was this this guy who said, cold gun, and yelled cold gun, uh, and then handed it over. Yeah. Every, every, every day there's another sort of damning detail that comes out. Yeah, it's... um. It's amazing, isn't it, to think that they go like, well, obviously we need real rounds for when they like load the gun and we zoom in because they, they look like real bullets. And you think, well, just, I don't know. Obviously, it's America, so real ammo is actually very cheap. And it's way cheaper and easier to use than some kind of weird prop ammo that looks like mm. it's got a shell with a bullet in it. Yeah. But yeah. you just think, really, is that not a... Does this, is this wise? I don't know. I guess it's normalized in the States. It's It's sort of... If you're filming in a in a in a part of the United States where you can carry a a, a fucking M16 into Walmart, that level of caution around an old revolver would probably feel quite silly to you. Oh, was it a revolver? It was a cowboy film. Yeah, but they have repeaters and uh, all that sort of thing. Yeah, but a repeater is a is a revolver. A repeater is a revolver that you don't need to cock every time. No, a repeater is like a rifle kind of thing, and you cock it on the with the like the trigger piece oh i see oh i thought you were talking about like an automatic hand oh, oh right 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 i thought you were saying that billy the kid could have whipped out a glock and shot it sideways <laughs> phil yeah i fired i think I've to, yeah i told you this before i fired a, a glock uh it's good isn't it but yeah with with with, with dud well not dud with blanks blank rounds all right yeah. the the power of it you just go oh i mean <laughs> you get it you get it you know you get you get oh, why yeah. And obviously all the Republicans are like, because Alec Baldwin did the Trump impressions on SNL, so now they're all like, essentially just saying, ha ha. Yeah. Which Which is is... very dignified and respectful. Yeah. Yeah, it really puts the the NRA in a a good light. Good to see them taking their moral high ground. I'm always reminded, Phil, of a, a joke that you made, and you must have made it in like 2011 or something, maybe 2012, but it was a long time ago. And the joke you made where, what is it like to be an American where at every election people just go, well, your choice is either a guy who sort of goes, well, of course, the taxes, and, and you like, you say something very sort of like, you know, fairly equivocal, kind of slight dull policy. And then, a, or like him or a guy who's like, and then you just did like an evil laugh and tented your fingers. <laughs> and people go, yeah. yeah, okay, that's a good counterpoint. Yeah, people people go, well, that's tough. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And it's even more of a stark contrast now, isn't it? Because at least in like, I don't know, days gone by, someone like as uptight as George H.W. Bush could be like, well, I'm 
uh, Republican uh, family values and respect and being uh, and not swearing and, and being nice and respectful and dignified. And instead now it's just like they don't even do that anymore. They go, no, nah, we had a guy who's like fucks prostitutes and lies and cheats yeah. people yeah. and swears. So we don't fucking care anymore. <laughs> and he talks about grabbing people's pussies. We don't care about any of that. It's just it's just the taxes, actually. You know what? Um, I'm I'm currently watching the the documentary on, on BBC about Blair and Brown, the Blair and Brown years, and I the, still haven't done it. Everyone says it's great stuff. It's really good stuff. It's really good stuff, but it it just it really throws into focus how much politics has changed and how much standards of like what what is expected of a politician's behavior has changed. And yeah, you know, there's a bit where Peter Mandelson who's of Tony Blair's right-hand man, he, it, it's discovered that he didn't declare a loan he took from a fellow cabinet minister. And and I'm like, okay, right. Um, and, and everyone's like, oh, what are we going to do? And if, and, and Tony Blair sort of forces, like basically forces his resignation over this undeclared loan. And Tony Blair's going, well, I had, I had to do something, I had to do something, you know, this story was taking up too much. And you think... And now from like a 2021 perspective, you just go, just wait a week. Who the fuck? Why? The idea that you'd have to take action on an embarrassing, uh, on an, you know, on being caught doing something embarrassing. It's, it's crazy to, to us now. It's, it's so, okay. It feels archaic to sort of ask someone to step down. Yeah. Well, and, and the idea that if that happened now, all that would happen, it's like Pretty Patel being found guilty of being a massive bully or whatever. Yeah. And it's just like, well, then the Prime Minister just comes out and goes, well, he's declared it now, so it was an oversight. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And no one would have given a shit. Well, I mean, they, maybe they would have. I don't know. But now we live in this, like you said, this completely different dimension where literally it just doesn't matter what happens. Everyone just goes, well, as long as none of us ever resign, then no one, no one will ever have to resign again. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if we'll ever get back to that. If we'll ever get back to accountability, like, as they say. Yeah. Well, it, like, it's annoying, isn't it, where instead of just letting... Instead of being able to rely on people resigning, increasingly you just have to and keep setting up bodies whose job is to force people to resign after, like, 10-month-long investigations at the very shortest. Yeah. And then they get compromised, and then they have to be replaced, or then they have to be watched over by another body... I mean, Cressida Dick should have resigned five times. Mm, mm-hmm. The head of the Met Police. Chief yeah, of Police. Yeah, in London, yeah. Just constant, the Met Police, yeah, constant fuck-ups. Yeah. But it's just like, um, you know, she's learned from Donald Trump and Theresa May and the entire current government that if you just go, ah, no, then nothing happens. Yeah, it's, it's powerful. It's powerful stuff. What if we... Is this... <laughs> Is this the true power, Phil, of manifesting? Manifesting. So that's like just imagining imagining your desires and they will come true? Yeah, but it just kind of like, well, I don't, I, I'm telling the universe I don't have to resign. And then it just goes, and it just happens. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, I think what has to happen is for, for news to slow down. We people we don't care about single failures because there's yeah. because the next minute we find out about another tragedy, another disaster, um, another failure of leadership, 
and and we forget the last one. Whereas back in you know the early noughties, we a single news story would have a, a shelf life of many more weeks than it does now. So uh, basically, yeah. I'm saying the internet has to be turned off for accountability to return to politics and to public life. Yeah, um, and also just like. I suppose in those days as well, given that, you know, if if the current government fucks something up, they're basically going to be attacked by The Guardian and maybe one other paper, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas Peter Mandelson would have been, like, prime target for every other newspaper and news organization in the country. But, the, but, but at that point, they had... Didn't they have the Mail and the Sun on their side, New Labour? Uh, what year was this that he did the loan? Two, quite later, it must have been later 2002, 2001, something like that. It's quite early on. They lost them pretty quickly. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Well, they had the sun kind of in the election, but... Um, Let's see, Mandelson loan. I don't even understand what he did wrong. He borrowed some money from someone. I don't, I don't understand. Uh... Yeah, he he got a loan or wanted a loan. I'm just trying to look it up. What's going on? Ooh, I'm getting this elbow nice and cold. Ice elbow. Cold elbow. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. How, um, how does it feel? Is it fine or is it an absolute horror show all day? It, it, it's essentially fine. If, I, if I, I can't turn my hand outwards, I can't turn my right hand outwards without a pain going through my forearm. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's weird. So, and of course I have it on my right arm and I'm right-handed. So I've only, I'm, I can only now just about... Jacket. I, I, just about jacket. Um, I can just about <laughs> put deodorant on my left armpit. Um, to wash my left arm in the shower is hard because I, I can't turn my palm upwards so I have to soap the back of my right hand like my fist and then I have to wash my left arm with my fist with my knuckles like I'm a gorilla <laughs> you have to punch your armpit clean <laughs> yeah I'm going to punch the dirt out like I'm Mr. Muscle <laughs> 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 the um that's quite a funny like it's it's like it could be quite a good metaphor or something like you're unable to raise your palm up to accept things you yeah like you can't be given anything in that hand now oh no not my begging arm i'm gonna beg now <laughs> it is also my microphone arm so i don't know yeah i think i can yeah i can just i, I'll, I should be able to get a microphone to my to my lips that's the most important thing i said to the doctor will i ever Lift a microphone to my lips again. Will I, will I ever tell a dick joke again, Doctor? He, um, maybe you could, you could now get some sort of like, 
You could say to the government, well, I can't work. This is my microphone arm. <laughs> this is my jack in hand, Boris. You know better than anyone the importance of your jack in hand. How am I supposed to keep jacking it with this terrible injury? Send someone round to jack it for me. <laughs> oh, I have just the number. Um, I, it looks like I just, I just trying to find out what, what the problem was with the Mandelson thing. I don't know. It all just seemed a bit like improper. And then he was back in the cabinet within ten months. So maybe. Oh, spoilers, Pierre. Oh. <laughs> Is that the ice noise? Yeah. <laughs> Try and move it around. It sounds through this connection. It sounds like you're stomping grapes or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm making my own wine. I'm taking my downtime to start my own vineyard. <laughs> Getting back to nature. Wang's wine. Wang's wine. Yeah. Yeah. They... What would you call your wine? You must have thought about this. You're a big wine boy. I'm a big wine boy. You know, I've never ever thought of it. But is it a red or a white? Oh, what is the answer different for you? Yeah, any, yeah. Any, of course, because any... every 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 cuvee, every uh, every each wine needs its own name. Sure, but like. I mean, like the the what? the producer name would be. Um, it'll be Phil Wine. <laughs> No, that's too bad. Um, what would Phil, it be? Phil Wine's Wangyard. I would call it... Oh, yeah, I actually did think about this today. It'd be called Angel Share. Because that's what it's called... That's what you call the reduction in booze in the barrel over time as the alcohol evaporates. It's called the Angel Share. So my booze it's, would be... My wine would be called Angel Share. Oh, that makes oh. it sound really cheap. That makes it sound tacky. Having Angel in the title is very tacky, isn't it? It's also um, a, a fairly um, uh, underwhelming film. Angel's Share. Yeah. Is uh, it from about 2012? Oh, I've never heard it's, of it. Um, yes, because the the Angel Share is also um, the way they describe the the little bit you lose in volume due to evaporation in whiskey as well. Right. I wonder if it's just and it's set in Scotland, and it's oh, it's a Ken Loach film, so of course it's a slightly simpering. Oh gosh, well, I'd rather not be associated. Um, yeah. So I'll pick. Uh, I'll pick something else. Wang's wine. It is. It'll be called Wang's wine, and the white wine will be called. Um, bl- uh, bl- um, blanc. Uh, bl- um, firing blanc. No, that's. No. Mm. Blanc. Blancity Blanc. Blancity Blanc. Very nice. Blancity Blanc would be the name of my white wine. And the red wine would be called. Blancity Blanc. Blancity Blanc. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't think they have the word Blanc in America, do they? For a, a bad wine? No, I don't think so. I think mean, they just say it wouldn't bad sound wine. right in the pl- pl- plank. Plank, horrible. Plank. The worst thing, the worst sound in the world is hearing an American say the word plonker. You plonker. Plonker. <laughs> it's the worst sound in the world. It's like nails on tr- on a chalkboard. Plonker. Plonker. <laughs> Oof. Disgusting. <laughs> it's um. Yeah, or or um, when Americans try and use moving slang. ice. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. 
when Americans try and use British slang, but it's like not quite right. Like they think that they think that people call each other like, like "Hello, bloke." <laughs> yeah, and that's my mate. Like an alien that's my that's my mate over there. She's my mate. Really <laughs> gross. Um, have you have you had have you heard an American say twat? Oh, they say twat. They say twat, and and it's like it's harsh. It's like a bad word there. Does it call? If it you makes call them, a twat, it makes everyone really... very uh, worried and upset. Yeah, as but... does the word cunt, of course. Cunt. You may, you may, you may as well, you may as well uh, let off a hand grenade. Yeah, they really care over there. I'm not sure. It's very strange, isn't it? Because why would you say twat, 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 twat? Because yeah, you wouldn't say cart. Instead of cat. Twat. Twat. I don't like that. She's a twat, and I don't like that. I think they, they, from what I've gleaned from all the American media all the time, is that twat and cunt in America are like specific woman-hating words that you say when you are evil and hate a, a specific woman. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a statement for sure. Whereas, like, uh, you know, you in Australia, twat. you twat, <laughs> come on over here, yeah. you twat. I love, I love you. I love you, you twat. Yeah. I guess Australian, Australia and the, at once. The highest compliment is that you could be a good cunt. Yeah, that's right. That's you right. Know? In Scotland, you, there's nay cunt for n- nobody. So even <laughs> n- even like nothing can be a cunt. Even that's the right. absence of people can be a cunt. <laughs> no cunt here. Yeah. No cunt for old men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it's it's very strange, yeah, the the level of offense in the in the states for it. And I sort of I guess I kind of get it, but then I don't know. I think I think because also because of the job we do Phil stand up we're so far beyond words upsetting us in very rare, unless it's a very rare occasion that you just... It's amazing to remember that some people are like... Some people can leave an experience, like a play or a movie, and go, God, there's a lot of swearing. And you think, oh, yeah. Yeah, I totally forget about those people. Yeah. And, and you go, oh, yeah. Some people care about swearing. It's so bizarre. And, and it, it's, I find it most awkward when I have to go on the radio. I, went, I was on the Virgin Radio... Um, this weekend only virgins allowed made by virgins <laughs> for virgins and that's why i like it that's right they had to check your hymen on the way in <laughs> yeah fortunately that is intact i have not fractured that um uh i was on uh, graham norton's show um Ooh. i think the most talented virgin in show business graham norton <laughs> Um, and, what a sacrifice he'd make! <laughs> and uh, he's really nice. And but beforehand, and you know, they always say it if you go on the radio. The producers like, so it's live live radio, so no swearing. And I kind of think like I don't swear that much anymore anyway. But then suddenly being told no swearing, it's just I was so terrified then that I was going to swear. And so if you ever hear me on the radio, and you hear a, a slight tension in my voice. That's the sound of me trying with every fiber in my being not to swear. Yeah, and 
Because like I just want to go, fuck, someone... fuck, fuck, shit, 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 boo, boo. I think you probably could get away with boo. <laughs> Yeah, what's your, it's it's when someone says it, then the first thing you want to do is go, "How's it going, Graham? You old cunt!" You know, <laughs> the first thing you want to shout. Yeah, but it's so bizarre, and I think honestly, no one cares. That's what's weird about it. And I was on um, I was on Radio Four um, with uh, Samira Ahmed, and before we started mm-hmm. t- uh, recording. She was like, and don't and don't swear. And I said, you know, people don't really care. And she was like, Radio Four listeners do, and yeah, maybe they yeah. do. Radio Four listeners are all a bunch of fucking pussies. Uh, but I, <laughs> I mean, it's good stuff. It's really good content. But Radio Four listeners are all um, stupid, childish cunts who need to grow up. But um, <laughs> but I also heard or read um, uh, an Ofcom report from, from a few years ago that like complaints for swearing had fallen off a cliff edge like it hardly ever happens if someone swears people don't really care anymore but there's still it's almost like a tradition now that you don't swear more than anything yeah and if someone does swear then they immediately apologize and it's like well and they're groveling (laughs) Um, i accidentally saw once on um jason manford's show on absolute radio yeah i just said shit I, i was like oh that was shit like that because I also I was also just because there's just two comedians in a room and when it's two comedians in the room you forget not you know you, you just your your swearing dials turned up to eleven and yeah. um and I just said shit and he and he said um, sorry everyone for the profanity there and it's so embarrassed it didn't feel rock and roll it didn't feel rebellious it was just embarrassing I just felt embarrassed <laughs> I just felt like I'd I'd intruded on a child's fifth birthday and done a shit on their cake and everyone's gone oh sorry about the shit on timmy's cake i didn't feel good <laughs> i didn't feel clever i just felt like Ugh, can i not even control my mouth for 30 minutes it was it was like you'd uh gotta to talk to manford and then just gone yeah and then the other thing is uh oh uh, um and anyway i was saying like you just done a big fart yeah just on air this disgusting intrusion phil in people's ears how dare you um but i don't think you know what you know who cares like random random like mums and incredibly uptight old guys yes yeah it's someone someone who's got their kid in the car and their shitty kid is now saying the word shit but it's also i feel like it's mainly a generation who so counterintuitively lived through a much more dangerous period of our recent history so like people who were around towards the end of the second war through the cold war they're more concerned with language and than a, our generation to have lived through peace and i wonder if it's just like you know a displacement we've lived in more peaceful times so we need so we're okay with aggression in our language whereas they lived through yeah. aggressive times so they need peace in their language maybe i'm being a little of an armchair freud there but i've always wondered that well, it's well isn't it also interesting that they would be very 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 offended by you going oh christ but you could yeah. call everyone a puff or you could do racial slurs yeah yeah you yeah that's the that's, homophobic and that's the big one on radio 4 like, <laughs> when i've done shows on radio 4 producers have been like you can have you can have a shit we could even maybe even lobby for a fuck but you cannot say christ you can't 
that one gets the most um, uh, complaints. That's the Radio 4 crowd, yeah. And it used to be the top of the Ofcom list. The whole, t- like, um, Bob Mortimer was on um, Adam Buxton's podcast, and they're talking about in the 90s on the Ofcom, top of the list was Jesus and Christ and, and God and oh God and so things like weird. that. So weird. Crazy. But I mean, yeah, it, it, that's how much it's changed is that you could say, like, well, don't take the Lord's name in vain, especially not when you're talking to that puffed up. <laughs> just think wow that's not the right way around yeah yeah you like i guess in the states where you know you can <laughs> the president can talk about grabbing people by the pussy but you can't say the word you can't call him a cunt yeah he can grab one but you can't call him one yeah 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 he grabs it but don't call him it, a version of it yeah yeah fucking weird what was the really, first really swear word you remember learning or getting in trouble for saying? Oh, um, damn. Damn! <laughs> like, yeah. like your Clark Gable. <laughs> 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 Were you in Gone with the Wind, Pierre? <laughs> damn! <laughs> you said damn. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, as a child. What child says damn? <laughs> Well, the trouble is that no one would say it on its own. But yeah, the idea that I I dropped an ice cream and went, damn. (laughs) I think... um... (laughs) Uh, Damn. Mother, father, I appear to have dropped my ice cream cone. Would you uh, get me another? What did you say, son? Would you get me another, please, father? Before that. Oh, I said damn. <laughs> Wash your mouth out with soap, Pierre. <laughs> this damn family. I think uh, I must have said it more in line with like the Rod and Todd from Flanders from The Simpsons. I don't want any damn vegetables. <laughs> but South Africa, so that request was absolutely fine. Yeah, they, they, I was applauded. I was roundly <laughs> applauded. Well, good, because we haven't got any. <laughs> no, I think I just said uh, like, oh, that damn thing. I don't know, but it was more. I think it was more about South Africa is quite religious as well. So I do remember being instructed very clearly never to say Jesus or Christ or anything like that. Right, and does the damn still have its biblical connotations? Uh, I guess. I mean, anything. Yeah, God, God or damn or Jesus or Christ or any of that was very much like like don't don't say that. And then after that, um earliest stuff maybe just like bloody or something or yeah this uh, is all very antiquated old school stuff you're getting in trouble for yeah but then when i moved to the british isles then i spent you know (laughs) one day at uh the local primary school and came home with an absolute armful of fucks and shits (laughs) a cornucopia of filth yeah a swearing a swearing harvest horn of (laughs) absolute filth a swearing fall pierre a full swearing fall. Oh, and I wasn't allowed to say... Uh, uh, what was it? I wasn't allowed to say frot. Frot? Yeah, it means like rotten in Afrikaans, but it's like, I think it's slightly obscene. It's probably frot. about as obscene as, as, as damn. Would you go, that's frot. That's frot, man. That's yeah, frot. I just remember being told, like, oh, don't say that. 
that's a bit there's something a bit wrong about that or I don't I don't remember what the problem with it was but huh uh, the first word I remember getting in trouble for was saying the word stupid my mum was furious <laughs> yeah we were driving back what? home we were driving back what? home and I noticed that um, I was really into like construction vehicles and there was a a big truck with a lot of sand on the back and I was tipping the sand onto the ground and it the the driver there was still some sand left in the truck and yeah and i went look mom there's still sand in the truck that man's stupid and she she went don't say that she was furious <laughs> about me saying stupid it's just so to this day i'm like what's wrong with that it's so funny isn't it because that could have been like <laughs> You know, it's not because your mum is like, you need to be more respectful of sand work. It's oh. it, it's like, she, yeah, like uh, whatever headspace your mum was in made her like snap, right? Yeah. And now forever in your head, that's a thing. Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah. And yeah, maybe she thought it was like a gateway swear. Yeah. Or she was like, I don't want my son commenting on, on people's stuff willy-nilly so i'm gonna really nip this in the bud yeah i don't want my son being overly critical of men in the construction industry specifically yeah they do a hard and important job that's (laughs) yeah that's it i mean yeah it's not like (laughs) it's not like you hissed it in the face of a nurse (laughs) stupid As she as she gave you a vaccine, a vital vaccine, you didn't go stupid. Sort of stupid. Her. Don't you know this will let Bill Gates control me? Stupid nurse. <laughs> Have you don't haven't you noticed how bad Windows ninety five is currently? The, which is the operating <laughs> system we're all using. Stupid. 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 Yeah. Then that fair enough, but okay. So how old were you when you got in trouble for saying stupid about some sand? Seven or eight, maybe. Yeah. 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 That's that's the right age for getting in trouble for things that are absolutely baffling, even years later. Because <laughs> your parents don't know either. They're like, "Should we scold him for this?" We they're, they're trying to make it up. You don't realize at the time. But looking back now, you yeah. like, they had no fucking idea what they were meant yeah. to scold us for and what they weren't. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, well, no wonder it didn't make sense to me. There was no f- solid backing behind any of this. <laughs> yeah. There was no plan. Um, I remember getting a lunchtime detention for throwing a piece of gravel into a small puddle. <laughs> These damn pebbles. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. <laughs> You bloody puddle. (laughs) (laughs) For Christ's sake, that bloody puddle needs more gravel in it. With each piece of gravel. Damn, damn, damn. (laughs) This gets the devil. Oh, damn. The master's caught me. Damn. Yeah, I made it worse by saying damn when I got caught. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, damn. The Dean's caught me. (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, this is all on the. This is a primary school on the Isle of Man that this happened. That I, I was bored in a queue for something, well, queuing up to go back into the classroom, and I threw a piece. You know those little bits of gravel you get on like tarmac. Oh yeah. Like on kids' playgrounds. I just yeah. picked one up and chucked it in a puddle to see what would happen. Like a kind of centimeter deep puddle. Yeah. <laughs> and the teacher was like, "Don't throw rocks around!" Just like flipped out. <laughs> I swear. Like really flipped out. Sometimes teachers are just fucking bored and they wanted to. They just wanted to get someone in trouble for something. They're just on the lookout. They're, just... they're like cops with a. <laughs> with a target to hit. You know, they had to yeah, make so many with... arrests one recess. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're just like hungover and having a divorce or whatever. Yeah, they all that shit for sure. Yeah, and then you're just. Uh, it was so disproportionate that instantly, even at the time, I was not worried I'd done anything wrong. <laughs> you just like, this will like, come uh, out. I was like, yeah, even it's like... They'll, they'll have to drop the charges. Or... They're going to drop the charges. Yeah, just going like, this is this, this is mad. Even from my point of view, this is mad. <laughs> this, this isn't going to stick, see? <laughs> this is going to throw this right out of court. I'll see you in court, damn you, you bloody puddle... <laughs> uh, so funny you bloody puddle um shall we, shall we read some damn correspondence damn it all yes <laughs> ring letters emails emails Correspondence. Let's find. Moving ice. Let's find some. Let's find some. Poo la la. Uh, well, you and I were on top. Uh, Pupulala became a catchphrase for a couple of days, which was nice. If so, if you, whenever you saw something, if one of us saw something impressive, we go Pupulala. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pupulala. Well, it's it's another it's another absolutely perfect Adam Buxton fragment. Oh, is it? He used to say Pupulala when he was doing a French voice. <laughs> He would sort of go, oh, this is not okay, Pupulala. <laughs> and I right, would say yeah. that it's a, a phrase that I say at least once a day. And I've passed, I've, I've infected a bunch of people with Pupulala. <laughs> uh, well, Pupulala, my ice bag, my ice bag has, has split. So there's now water pouring onto my desk. Um, <laughs> I just need to take this down to the freezer. And put it away. So just, I'll be back in a sec. I'll just keep rolling. Ah, crap. All right. Keep on rolling. Um, I'll I'll say I'll say an email that doesn't need any much reaction. Okay. Just a quick one here from from someone. I can't really. They didn't really say it from who. Uh, dear Pang and Povelli, I was at uh, your Brighton show and wanted to shout okay thank you at a couple of points, but was quite far back. And after the well-deserved ribbing the Boris woman got, I decided not to risk being seen as a heckler. Uh, more likely by the other non-Pudbod patrons than you two, of course. Um, the more wine I drank, the more I considered shouting keep jacking it. 
but I thought the non-podcast listening woman I was with might be somewhat confused and leave me there. Keep jacking it, okay, thank you, but I'm a pilot. Um, very good, yeah. Well, that's, yeah, it's hard, isn't it, when to know when to shout out the catchphrases or anything like that. Maybe there should be a sort of, um, um, a sort of amnesty. Um, maybe a sort of amnesty for shouting out. That could be um, that could be useful. Oh, I'm back. Yeah, do you wanna well, do you wanna explain the the, the Boris lady? Because actually, yeah, so actually opening... is relevant to the Radio Four listeners. <laughs> so I was opening for um, for Phil at uh, his final tour show in Brighton. I had a lovely time, and I said uh, I said something about not 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 having something planned out, didn't I? Yeah. It was when I was explaining how I splashed lamb juice on my face. That's right. <laughs> and I said something about Oh no, that was it. I was doing my Charles Manson bit and I described him as a I described him as a um, not being a details guy, being a big pictures guy. Yeah. Charles Manson. And this woman <laughs> in the front row just went, "Like Boris Johnson then." And like her and like two people around her went like <laughs> And it's such a stupid, like, nothing. It's so nothing. It's all like... And it's such a leap from Charles Manson to Boris Johnson um, that... But, but that, also, like... That, you, you, that she just had the name... She had the name Boris Johnson. It's very clear she had the name Boris Johnson in her head from the get-go. Yeah. And she was looking for any opportunity to, to draw some comparison with whatever you were talking yeah. about to Boris Johnson. But also, it doesn't make sense because the joke that I'm saying there is i'm because i because the, the context in which i said it it was uh, i just described the apocalyptic racist conspiracy theory that charles manson convinced people of helter and skelter the joke helter skelter yeah and the she, joke yeah. was the lack of solid detail in it and then i'm saying like a nice thing about a clearly not nice man with a not nice plan hmm so I'm sort of almost giving him credit by going, no, no, he's big picture. He's not details, you know. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't then make sense to go, well, I'm going to apply a, a completely, I'm going to take that phrase, big picture guy, not details, and apply it to Boris Johnson. And you go, well, in that context, it doesn't, it's still a compliment. You're still calling him a good big picture guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So You're not even insulting him. All you've done is you've heard me say negative inflection and you've gone, like person I dislike. Well, yeah, letting a negative inflection do far too much of the grunt work is Radio 4 through and through. That's Radio yeah, 4 comedy. it was real Radio 4 satire. It's just pure, it's just I inflection. Thought. Like, Boris, dun, dun, dun. And a few <laughs> people just went, bat, 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 and laughed like little robots. And I've never seen you more angry on stage, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen you give someone less of a chance. <laughs> like I've, I've never... I've never given anyone shorter shrift. Short, yeah, that's it. Shorter shrift. Uh, yeah. You was just right in there, you <laughs> poor lady. This was honestly like five minutes into the entire evening. And you just... You, you ruined her life. <laughs> I, I think it's safe to say you ruined her life. If you sit on like the front row or the second row, and like minutes into my routine, you're willing to just start bringing your own little satire sandwich to the picnic... <laughs> It's time to it's 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 time to kick your head off. <laughs> time to kick your own head off. <laughs> kick your own head off. Um, 
And one more quite recent one, because it's quite useful from Alex, who, um, you remember I was saying about, like, I make up a story in my head that makes people less annoying? Right, so if someone's chewing loudly, you make up you make up a qualifying story as to why they're doing that horrible thing. For example, So, so that yeah. you hate them less, yeah. Yeah, so Alex says, Quick email to say that Pierre's technique of inventing stories to find people less annoying is something he may have picked up indirectly from David Foster Wallace's speech, This is Water. Huh. Uh, which I think he's probably right about, actually, which is how a liberal arts education provides one with the ability to choose to interpret life like Pierre does with his deviated septum story. I've linked it here because it's really, really great and basically changed my life when I listened to it as a plastic-brained 20-year-old. Wow. Uh, Koji Alex. It is very good. Yes. Okay, send that to me. Another, prob- I don't know uh, Yeah, what, just, t- just search This Is Water. It's very um, famous little, uh, um, whatever they call those speeches they give to graduates, I think. Oh, so it's like an actual recording of him giving it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. This is water, this is water of course. Oh, um, yes. uh, the less successful sequel to This Is England. There'll be more from Phil Wang tomorrow night. <laughs> um, okay, so... Um, uh, email. Here there is an email from. Uh, who is it from? Catherine. Catherine, you're smashering. Smashing, you know? Yes. Smashing? Yeah. She opens with a very nice hello, gentlemen. Oh, hello, gen- She spun around stroking a cat. Very nice, yeah. Uh, but she she brings it back to the theme with hello gentlemen I hope you're pooing wheel <laughs> nice very good uh, congrats on the book Phil oh thank you Catherine do uh, get Catherine yourself a copy know, Phil, for you and the yeah cat. go buy one for God's sake uh, she wants to know is Spencer Williams as much of a dickhead in real life as he seems on TV because it physically hurt me every time he spoke on eight out of ten cats Spencer Williams. Was on 8 out of 10 cats with Spencer Williams. Who's Spencer Williams? I don't know. I'm just reading out the questions. <laughs> Is he the um, guy from... Uh... When were you on 8 out of 10 cats and who was on it with you is the question. I've looked up Spencer Williams and I've, got, I've, been, I've been given Spencer Williams Jr. who's an American actor who died in December of 1969. Um... I can't, I can't. So I can't he was quiet, Phil, Catherine. On, that's all I can say. He was quiet. Phil, you were on, you were on eight, out, eight out of ten cats with a g- 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 ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Spencer Williams. A g- 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 ghost. Oh, Sp- Sp- does she mean Spencer Matthews? I think she means Spencer Matthews from um, the Made in Chelsea. Made in Chelsea. Spencer Williams Jr. Yeah, died maybe. in 1969, turns out. Um, Spencer Matthews is um, alive and well, as far as I know. And <clears throat> he's fine. He's a, he's a, he's a, um, a nice enough uh, guy to me. I mean, he's more or less what he's like on Baden-Chelsea. Those shows are pretty... Um, I think they're closer to real than people think. Well, I guess if you if you're filmed constantly, you'll end up seeming like you seem. Yeah. But you got to get your facts straight, Catherine. Get your fucking names right. 
We nearly thought Phil was on a show with a ghost. <laughs> yeah, I was terrified for a second there. And I, Halloween's coming up. It's no joke. Yeah, I, I almost said zoinks. I was so scared. <laughs> we almost had to get a priest in here. Um, so um, outside my front door, some spiders have made some uh, webs. And, yes. Um, and I've left them. And someone asked me why I hadn't cleared them. And I said, because it's Halloween coming up, and I'll keep them for Halloween, and I'll get rid of them after Halloween, and they thought that was very strange. Is that strange? They thought that was strange. That's, that makes perfect sense okay, to me. Okay, because it's like, it's free natural decoration. Yeah, you're not like one of these idiots paying for fake cobwebs. Exactly. Whoever thought that was strange doesn't have the Halloween spirit in them. <laughs> Um, so anyway Catherine says this story is not about shitting myself but I think it's equally funny and definitely as traumatizing okay go go on Uh, ooh go on to set the scene uh, when I was younger I used to do swimming ridiculously early in the morning with the local team the local team the local team support your local swimming team Um, one cold winter's morning aged 14 on the second day of my period, I was on uh, the way to the pool. Mm. Uh, I was half asleep and not having it. <laughs> not having what? The period or the swimming? No, just not having it. I'm not having I'm it. I'm not having it. Okay. I'm not having it. I struggled to get my swimming cap on, never mind sticking a tampon up my vagina or putting my <laughs> dreaded contact lenses in. So I risked it. Oh, wow. Sans tamp. Yeah. Sans, sans tampon. Which is, which, yeah, I guess swimming is one of those things that the, the activities that they put on the box, isn't it? To show you that you could be an active woman all month long. Yeah, of course. And I suppose swimming is um, the ultimate challenge because there's only room for so much fluid on that tampon. And if you're literally in fluid. Yes. Right. You've lost a lot of real estate. You've lost tampon. real estate and there could be a, a sort of pool noodle incident. Pool noodle incident. What, do you what mean? if it like bursts into a pool noodle? Like, um... Oh, a pool noodle, like those long... Okay. I was thinking of, a... is there a dish <laughs> called pool noodles? Phil, yeah. no one's that Asian. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. So, yeah, so like, yeah, you're, you're worried like a, a pool, a full... A, a, a floating device will just pop out of her vagina. Into the pool. It'll just become one. Yeah, yeah it could do. I can't, be- I can't believe that in the context of a swimming pool, when I said pool noodle, you immediately went to food. <laughs> I, think, I think that's the, the sensible conclusion to come to. Is that you're talking- if you say the word noodle, are you talking about food? Yeah, well, it's all about context, you know. Yeah. It's all about context, Phil. Anyway, the point is, she wasn't having it. Okay? <laughs> so she risked it. Uh, she said, it was all fine and dandy. I avoided breaststroke. I couldn't see anything, and I thought I had succeeded. Okay, great. Great. So far, so Oh, how wrong I was. When we finished our practice, me and a couple of my mates used the cold unisex showers because there was less of a queue. Um, another person 
who happened to use the cold showers was a very cool Adonis of a 17-year-old boy. Wow. But that had absolutely nothing to do with our use of them. I guess that's a wink-wink moment? I don't know. Maybe I don't not. understand. Oh, right, right, right. She's saying maybe it's because he was there. Yeah, I'm not okay. sure. It's unclear. Yeah. The tone is hard to, to glean. Yeah. Uh, anyway, she says... Anyway, I was washing my hair, paying no heed, happy that my risk had paid off. That was until I got to the changing room, and my friends promptly told me there had been a trail of blood very clearly <laughs> down the inside of my leg since I got out of the pool. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it, right. And it looked like someone was murdered in the showers. Or in the pool, and dragged to the or showers. In the pool. Yes. It was impossible to miss, and everyone, including the gorgeous older boy, had seen it. So I did the obvious thing cried, accidentally ripped my tights, and made my treacherous friends buy me all the chocolate money could buy. Thanks for the podcast. It's been keeping me sane. Best wishes, Catherine. Thanks, Catherine. Thanks for sharing that wonderful story. The, the who, the, who done it? We still don't know who murdered that person in the pool. So she ripped, no. she ripped her tights. What does that mean? Accidentally ripped her tights. Like she, What tights? Maybe she cried so hard that her tights just burst into holes. So she, was short, so she wasn't like, uh, uh, and picked up a pair of tights and out of anger, just hulked them apart. Like, ah, just to show everyone <laughs> that she's really angry. Or just, um, or just put them on and sort of clawed at her own thighs in fury. <laughs> Would oh, you, have you ever done that, Phil? Clawed at your own thighs in fury? Mm, not yet. But then I've not bled out of my vagina in a public swimming pool yet, either. Well, no. I mean, so. you still have your hymen. Yes, my hymen is still intact, as we have said. The only reason I was allowed on, on Virgin Radio. And every time, I'm, I'm, every sure time I'm propositioned for sex, both. I'm tempted, but I go, no, there's more radio to do. <laughs> yeah, and you look, open your wallet and there's a picture of Graham Norton in there wagging his finger. <laughs> and you think, keep me strong, Graham. <laughs> 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 the most talented virgin in the biz that's right that's right that's right um well uh it's gonna halloween i suppose will have happened by the time we record the next one so maybe that will be our, our halloween special or something yeah have a spooky halloween everybody maybe maybe spencer what was his what's his name Williams. Maybe Spencer Mill Williams Jr. will turn up. Oh, <laughs> and everyone think oh, he, that he's Spencer Matthews. Oh. <laughs> I'd watch Made in Chelsea if it had the ghost of uh, Spencer Williams Jr. Yeah, where's the ghost representation in all these shows? That's what I want to know. Mm-hmm. The dead. The dead outnumber the living, Phil. And they should therefore be on most shows. That's true. We do live in a democratic society after all. And then, and actually, to be fair, the, the, the UK pumps out enough fucking Victorian dramas that the dead probably do outnumber the living on our TV. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's true. And how awful, to, when you have a, I think when you have a Victorian part in a show, you should hire a Victorian actor, whether they are dead <laughs> or a ghost. <laughs> well, have a spooky hop tune, the Manx. Halloween, Hoptune, have yeah. a, a good Hoptune. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and we'll speak to you um, after we've pierced... We'll, spe we'll speak... To, by the time we speak to you next, listeners, you'll have pierced the veil and spoken with the other side. <laughs> Let us know what they say. Yeah. 
Bye, everyone. Or shall I say, boo! <laughs> boo, everybum. <laughs> boo, everybum.